Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we will help you keep it running thanks to the help we get from ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul where I had the chance to spend some time this uh, this past week. Good morning, Dan. Good to see you again. More time than you like. Huh? No, I was I always a couple enjoy. cars. <laughs> yeah, I've never had to, to do that. We, uh, I needed to bring Tony's vehicle in to get repaired and mine as well. And of course, I brought it to the place I know that's the best. Uh, Dan Burns has a place called Lloyd's Automotive. And Dan, what what I had now, you replaced uh, in Tony's uh, truck his his SUV. Uh, 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 a thermostat. Yes. How do those things work? What's why, what? Why does a thermostat, or why can a thermostat go out in this case? Well, in the uh, to warm a car up more quickly, uh, when the engine is cold, the thermostat uh, is a is a spring valve, and uh, when it's cold, the valve is closed. The thermostat is closed so that the coolant w- will not circulate. It just stays in one place and gets warm much quicker. Okay. And then as the, as the coolant starts to warm up a little bit, the thermostat has a spring in it. As that spring gets warm, it allows the, the valve, the thermostat, to open. And then the coolant circulates through the engine and the radiator and so forth. Uh, and, and it allows you to have heat more quickly. And it allows the engine to warm up more quickly. You know, as, as we know... The engine is not running at its best until it's up to full operating temperature. Well, I wonder if this is the reason I, I told Tony, I said, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, miles per gallon seems to have become worse. I, I think that's true. I, I think that, well, that's for because sure it's, true. If it's running, it's, it's cold. If the engine's running cold all the time, yeah. you are not getting uh, good gas mileage. And if you'll remember last week, Denny, the uh, we had a caller call in with a great analysis of why oh yeah uh, why we get poor gas mileage in the winter and it was you know rolling resistance and gasoline blend and and uh, a whole bunch of things yeah. but cold uh, stiff cold temperature fluids, yeah. yeah and that was one of the things that he described uh, very well and uh, that's exactly right if yeah. they, if your engine's not warm it's not getting good mileage well if you're new to the show thanks for joining us uh, Dan has helped us out for so many years now and he'll bring you at least an idea or two of what you may need to do if you need to bring your vehicle into your favorite dealer or your favorite shop you're going to be armed with a little more information that maybe you did not have uh, earlier let me give the phone number and the text number folks we have both already 651-989-9226 keep in mind Dan will be here till just about 7:45 so don't wait if you have a car care question send us a text which is 81807, or give us a call, 651-989-9226. Now, the other issue I wanted to ask you about, because I had the choice when I needed a uh, power steering pump replaced, uh, I had the choice of either doing a brand-new whatever part or maybe what? A a uh, brand-new part from the manufacturer. From the manufacturer, Or a uh, rebuilt part, remanufactured, where they... Take an old one that you send back in, and they take it all apart and remanufacture it. And in a lot of cases, on, on many components, remanufactured's fine. We use them all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, 
It keeps the price down. It, sure. it helps. But with power steering pumps uh, in particular, we just have not had good luck. They, they, uh, we have had way better performance from the uh, from the new uh, uh, manufacturer, the original power steering pump. And so that's just one that you know we as at Lloyd's have decided we don't do we don't do it that way. We uh, we use a new one. Trouble that, is they. It's not that they don't work; they do work, but they oftentimes the remanufactured ones are noisy. Oh, or, interesting! Or they don't work as well as the new ones. And you told me that uh, in your mind, you think it's even working better than than before. It, it seems broke. like it. And, it seems like the steering and, is more responsive. Yeah, I don't think that it is just in your mind. I think it oh. is that you know, like the thermostat and the power steering pump, they don't just all of a sudden bang quit working. They yeah over time have gotten inefficient and don't work as well as they used to. And then eventually it gets to the point where you notice it and that's when you bring it in and when we fix it. But, but oftentimes they'll be, they'll be failing along the way. And, uh, and I think that's what happened yep, in your case. I think you're right. And uh, normally there was no, we're going to get to the phones here, but normally I would hear like in the old days, kind of a squealing if there was a belt or some power steering issue. Right. Right. I mean, right. And does that squealing normally a belt sound rather than a pump sound? No, it can be both. It can be yeah, both. The pump, okay. it, the pump itself will make noise also. Okay. Yeah. So not just the belt squealing. Well, or, good you know, the belt squeals when it slips. Well, good job, you guys there okay. at Lloyd's Automotive. Thank you. It was fantastic. All right. Uh, let's put you back to work here on this Saturday morning. Rob is uh, first up here on the phone. Rob, what is your question for for Dan? 14 Impala, the, the dealers are trying to upcharge for... Uh, fluid flushes, like uh, 40,000 miles I've, already, I've got on the car, like brake flush, and transmission, and then are there not fuel filters on that car? There probably are not fuel filters on that car. And, you know, I I uh, have had to make the choice in my, pay, in, in my career and in my, in my business if I'm going to uh, follow the manu- manufacturer's recommended uh, thoughts on changing fluids and... Uh, so forth, and uh, I've decided that that's the right thing to do. You know, they've they pay the engineers, they engineer the fluids, they uh, know what they have, they know what's going on in their components, and uh, they know when the fluid's going to get dirty, and they know that uh, that new fluid makes a difference and uh, allows the the vehicle to last longer. So I don't think that it's an upsell. I don't think that it's a that it's a hustle. I think that it's really a, a legitimate thing. And uh, I've learned from experience doing this for a long, long time that my customers that come in and do regular maintenance don't come in and uh, for repairs. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, the cars just don't break. It's preventive so maintenance. I think, yeah. that, I think that maintenance is, is a good value. Uh, both of your time, you know, you can pick when you're going to do it instead of having the car break down. So it's a good value for your time, and I think it's a good investment in the car that actually in the long run allows you to operate the vehicle longer, cheaper. So now, One thing I've learned uh, doing the show with you all these years is uh, <laughs> read the manual. Check, check the well, – there's a lot of good information. In that's that. right. Yeah. And, and, you know, if it's not in the manual, if, if – uh, a brake fluid flush isn't recommended in the manual, then I would say don't do it. Don't do it. Then yeah. maybe it is a hustle. Don't, yeah. you know, don't, uh, yeah. if the manufacturer is not recommending it, then I don't do it. You know, and, and some of the, many of the fluids, in fact, are lifetime fluids. A lot of oh. the transmission fluids and coolants and so forth, uh, don't, they don't recommend changing them hmm. anymore. And, and I believe that too. They, they've engineered it. They know what they're doing and, and I trust it. All right. Very good. Thanks, Rob. Good question. Uh, before we break, let's go to Elaine, who's uh, calling this morning. Elaine, what can we do for you? 
Um, a couple of days before Christmas, well, this is a 1990 Toyota Camry, and a couple of days before Christmas, and once uh, again uh, last week when I turned the key in the cylinder, uh, nothing happened. And then the second time it started right up, and it started every time right after that. Uh, the battery isn't quite a year old, uh, but it did go back, and they checked it, and I believe they said they checked the alternator. I got a new what is described as lock-in cylinder or lock cylinder in August of 2012, and it is not an aftermarket. Any mm-hmm. ideas? Well, that uh, yes, I do have some ideas. One, that was, the first one was going to be the ignition switch because we have seen those fail. If they and you could ask them this when they change the lock and the lock cylinder in your for your ignition switch, did they change the whole thing, including the electrical part of it, or was it just the mechanical part of it? If they did not change the electrical part of it, uh, that could be where your problem is. And then the other thing that I would recommend that uh, you just have them do is change the starter relay. It's very inexpensive. It's just like plugging in a fuse. And, uh, and we've seen trouble with those. What I don't want to have happen is where you've lucked out where for the past couple times it's acted up and then you, um, you know, eventually that's not going to happen. It, it was you were able to get it started, but, but that's not always going to happen and you're going to be stuck. So uh, I'm going to recommend that you just take a chance and change a couple of things just to eliminate them because they're really cheap. And uh, and see if that doesn't take care of it. Okay, so Elaine, when she should take it back and ask them to do two things. Two things. One, uh, did they change the electrical part of the ignition switch at that time? And number two, ask them to replace the starter relay. All right. See if that takes care of it. All right. Good luck with that, Elaine. Thank you. John, you hang on. We're going to take a quick break. Texters, hang on as well. If you want to ask Dan a question via phone, 651-989-9226. Or send a text, and we'll get to those, too, 81807. CCO temperature reading on this Saturday is 1 above 0. Uh, no mention of wind chill because the winds are only about 3 miles an hour. Dew point at a minus 6. Again, 1 above on 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Dan uh, Burns from Lloyd's Automotive on uh, beautiful Grand Avenue. Where on Grand Avenue are you? We are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria. We're also on the web, as you know, at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or we're on the telephone. Give us a call, 651-228-1316. And uh, great coffee shops around there, too. There are. There's lots to do, isn't there? There's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was, when you guys were working on my vehicle, and I was wearing a real scruffy old down coat. And I must, maybe I, I didn't, <laughs> I looked maybe destitute, but I walked into a, a caribou to get some coffee. And uh, a woman said, I'm buying a bunch of other coffee, so you go ahead of me. And I said, oh, fine, thanks. Sure. And she said, by the way, uh, put put his on my bill, too. Really? <laughs> so I thought, One more doesn't matter. No, I guess. That was pretty nice. So thank you, whoever you were. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go back to the phones. John is calling with a question for you. Go ahead, John. Dan's listening. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Dan, I got a question. Uh, I notice now when it's cold out, there's some light. I call it motor mucus in my oil, and uh, my neighbor says it's because I have good compression, but I think it's because of moisture when it's cold like this. Do you have any correct answer for that? It it is just moisture. It's condensation that's going on inside the engine, and the evaporative system uh, can take uh, 
steam out of your engine, but it can't take liquid out of your engine. Mm. And so when, as time goes on and things warm up again, uh, uh, that'll clean up and it'll be just fine. Oh, okay. Th- yeah, there's, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just part of the process. Don't it, panic. Don't panic. It'll be just fine. It'll clean up. You know, change your fluids on schedule and you'll be just fine. All right. Very good, John. John leaves that line open at 651-989-9226. If you'd like to call in your car care question, or why don't you send a text, 81807. Let's pick on, uh, up on uh, some of those, Dan. A 2010 Chrysler 3.8. What do you prefer, transmission flush or just the screen and filter? Uh, whatever the manufacturer recommends. <laughs> it goes back. That's true. You knew, though, it, you knew I was going to yeah, say I that. I did, but that's true. The difference is if you change... You should do both, really. If if you're going to do it, you should do both because uh, with changing the the filter and fluid, you remove the pan and you drain the fluid out of the pan, which is about one third of the total quantity of transmission fluid. But in the process, you're changing the filter, which is a good thing. If you're flushing the transmission fluid, you're exchanging all of the fluid. You're getting all the fluid, old fluid out, and putting in all new fluid. But you're not changing the filter, uh-huh. so neither one is perfect. Right together, it is perfect. All right. <laughs> so uh, uh, you know, I. But again, if the manufacturer is not rec- recommending it, I don't. I don't bother with it because uh, it's complicated, and and the fluids, uh, the right fluid when changing transmission is really tricky. Is it's, it? Yes, to get the right fluid that the manufacturer recommends, and it's expensive. So uh, if they're not recommending, don't don't do it. Do it. If they are then do it how they recommend. And oftentimes uh, it's either, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a filter change, but even most commonly it's just a drain and refill. You drain the fluid out, refill it, and they have you do that periodically. And, and over time you're exchanging a good portion of the fluid, but, uh, but not all at once. Interesting. We were talking earlier, Dan, about thermostats, and uh, this text came in uh, I'm just curious, uh, I have, Texter says, a 1998 Chevy Silverado, 5.7 liter V8. I had rebuilt heads put on, and ever since then, the temperature gauge on the dash does not go above 150, but the heat works fine. Should I worry? Well, it's probably, I wouldn't worry, but I would have it checked. You know, we can can put our scan tool on there and see what the engine temperature actually is. If you're getting good heat, chances are the... Engine temperature is fine. Is fine. And, and perhaps your gauge is not yeah. reeking, are reading correctly. And if that's the case, when they did your heads, maybe they put a new sensor in that's not quite right. And in that case, don't worry about it at all. But, uh, but I would confirm that you are getting up. You know, that engine temperature should be more like 190 or above and uh, uh, at, at full operating temperature. And so if somebody puts a scan tool on it, they'll be able to read that quickly and, and uh, see what it's doing. Uh, Texter says, and then we'll get back to the phones. My car takes 530 oil, but I bought 1040 by mistake. I go through a lot of oil. Will that hurt if I add 1040 to my engine? Well, if, if you go through a lot of oil, maybe that's a good idea. Actually. <laughs> it's thicker, it's, viscosity. It's thicker. It'll stay in there a little bit better. I'd be a little bit hesitant this time of year. Uh, that 1040 oil gets awful thick Does it? when it's really cold out. Now, we're, we're getting out of that season, so... It'll, it'll probably be fine, but when it's uh, severely below zero and you have 1040 oil in there, that's pretty difficult to crank over and get started in the morning. So I think for the, for the spring and summer season, that 1040 oil will be just fine. Just fine. Let's go back to the phones. Dan, 
Dan is uh, on line one. Go ahead, Dan. You're on with Dan. Yeah, Dan. Good morning. Good morning. I have a 2004 GMC Yukon, many miles, 270 plus, uh, perfect, good running vehicle. But last week we were going down the road and all of a sudden the fan kicked in for the heater that uh, seems like it's going at about two-thirds of uh, max speed. And we have no control. You can't shut it off. You can't increase it, can't decrease it. It won't shut off when you turn the car off or the vehicle off. Uh, the only way I can shut it off is to uh, pull the main fuse. Uh, I'm wondering if you would think it's probably the heater control itself. Uh, and are they expensive to replace, or is there something else? I don't believe there's a relay in that circuit. No, and, and the fact that it's... Uh the fans running at all, of course, tells you that the the, the motor itself is fine because uh, that's not what the speed the speed of the fan is controlled by something else, and that would be the fan controller uh, or the switch. And if the if you probably the least expensive way for you to figure this out would be to bring it in and have somebody uh, get into your there's of course a computer for the uh, heating system to get into that computer and, and see what's going on. They can, they can see what, the set, where, where, what it's set at from the switch to see if the switch is working, and then they can see what the uh, fan speed is, is trying to do, uh, and if it's not allowed to do it, then it would be the fan controller. And I don't think they're horribly expensive. I mean, they're, I, I don't know. Prices very well, but, but, uh, but I don't, I've never heard that that's a, you know, a, a terrible deal to get involved in. Okay. So. And it probably is the fan controller itself that's bad, but but uh, the best, the cheapest way for you to get it figured out would be to take it in and get some help with it. All right, there you go, Dan. Before we break, Henry is uh, waiting to ask you a question on the horn. Go ahead, Henry. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I have a 2017 Subaru Outback four-cylinder engine. Uh, since the weather's gotten cold, I've noticed it's stored indoors. Uh, it cranks kind of slow. The other morning, it refused to start entirely the uh it, it didn't have enough to turn over the engine uh, but the lights and all the other stuff worked i got it charged and got it into the dealer talked to the service advisor and essentially he is telling me that i'm storing the key fob too close to the automobile uh, it's in the house but it's within 25 feet and that that is causing a continual drain on the battery that's ultimately causing my car not to start that sounds a a little hmm. questionable to me, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, that does sound a little fishy. It sounded a little fishy to me the last time I heard it, uh, and I told somebody that. And but I I have heard that. Uh, so now you're the second or third interesting time that I've heard that that that's the manufacturer's recommendation is you know put the key fob somewhere else. And my recommendation would be check would be try it, uh, see if it takes care of it. But you know it's a brand new car. And, uh, and but that's that is what the the Subaru dealership is telling people because uh, you're not you're not the first story I've heard about that. So uh, try it and see how it goes. If that takes care of it, then it, then it is that simple. What they're really saying is that the if you're if you're storing the vehicle for a period of time and the key fob is there, the there's a there's a computer in the car that's not shutting off. It's staying alert. To the fact that the key fob is in the neighborhood, and uh, I would think they should 
they should be able to program that differently so that won't happen but but they haven't done that yet and there someday there might be a recall for this if this is indeed the case sure. but but in the meantime, put the key fob somewhere else. Farther away. Farther away and, and see if that doesn't take care of it. All right. There's a whole bunch of fancy tests we can do to see if there's a draw, and we could certainly test this for you, but I wouldn't bother with that. I think I would just do what they say and see it's how it cheap goes. cheap experiment. Yep, it All is. Right. Hang on, Dan. We have to take our break. We have more show to come. Those folks on the line, hang on. Dan will be here for about another 12, 13 minutes or so. So don't go away. In the Twin Cities, few clouds. CCO Temp, one above. Hey, good morning. Well, back. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. We'll let you know how to get in touch with those good guys there before Dan leaves. He'll be here for about another 8, 10 minutes or so. Dan, let's go back to the phones, then we'll pick up on more text messages. Chip has uh, been waiting. Go ahead, Chip. What is your question? Well, good morning, and thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, my question is, I inherited a van. It's a 91 GMC Vandura. It's really nice plush inside. I got it from my dad. He was the only owner. I know it needs work and it's a complete great job, but where would I draw the line at how much money I want to put into it? <laughs> you know, we call we call that the death march. When when do you <laughs> where what do you do to keep it alive? And and uh you know, when do you quit? And my advice to people is, you know, at, at this point you have nothing into the van. Assume, assume it's yeah. there's nothing doesn't owe you anything. You don't owe it anything, and so you have nothing into it. So when people are making a decision, when they're looking at an estimate that I give them, I say, well, uh, it owes you nothing. Would you pay that much for the van if you were buying it today? And, you know, if I've checked it over and and said, well, this is what it needs today, and other than that, the vehicle looks pretty safe, and if for a couple thousand dollars – you can get your van fixed and and going again. I say, well, if you could buy that van for a couple thousand dollars, knowing that it was all fixed up, would you? And of course, the answer is always yes. It's a great sales tool for me. But, yeah, but it's uh, but it's true. It's just it's just the truth. And so that's kind of what I would say is, you know, switch to the keep it alive mode and do what is necessary to keep it safe and and operative. And uh, beyond that, you know, wait, move slowly, do the things that, that need to be done today and spread the cost out. And if something catastrophic happens, if the engine fails or the frame breaks in half or or if the transmission fails, then it's just time to be done with it and call the junkyard. Yeah. But uh, but in the meantime, if you can keep it running, I, I think it's probably and if you like it, especially yeah. if you like it, uh, do it. Keep it going. It's good math. When you yeah, think about that's right. It, that's yeah, yeah, right. right. Well, All and right. if you've seen what a what you know, even a lease, <clears throat> even a lease payment on a new car is, it's like yeah. it does not take uh, very many months to add up to a significant repair. That's right. Yeah, that's so good point. Right. Good luck, Chip. Thank you. Let's grab some text messages before you take your leave. We were talking about thermostats earlier. My car takes approximately twenty minutes to reach normal operating temp when the outside temp is single digits. When the car is parked in a heated area, about sixty-five degrees, it only takes about ten minutes. Is this normal, or is there an issue with the thermostat? There you go. That's exactly right. That's what you should, it is. You should have your thermostat changed, and your car will heat up much more quickly and much more efficiently, and and uh, it'll work way better for you. Yeah, so have that done. Perfect. I have texture says a 97 Chevy Suburban. There is an incredible amount of play in my steering wheel. What could this be? And worn parts. And uh, you should take that as your warning that if you're noticing it, it's significant. 
and uh, there's a whole bunch of components that that add up to your steering, being able to steer the vehicle. And if they're loose, they're on the edge of braking. And if they break, you lose control of the steering. So that's dangerous. Oh, you, yeah. Yeah, you need to get that vehicle in and have it inspected and uh, replace the worn parts and get that steering tightened up again. Here's a text, Dan, that says, I have a 96 Chevy three-quarter ton with a power steering pump leak. If I had fluid, it, fluid, it works, but leaks out. Could it be the hoses leaking? What do you think? Most commonly, it's the hoses leaking, but it okay. could also be the pump. It could also be the, I don't know if it has a steering rack or gear, but it could be the steering rack or gear. If you take it into any shop, they will, for very little money, tell you what's wrong with it, give mm. you an estimate, and you can decide if you want to repair it or not. Very good. Let's see. Uh, we have a 2012 Subaru Outback. What would cause a gas smell in the car compartment on occasion? That's another complaint that I hear often on that on the Subaru vehicles, and they they uh, have this. They have a really nice uh, hose clamp that they use on all their fuel lines, uh, but over time, that uh, the hose has a tendency to shrink. And the clamp gets loose, and it, it especially when it's cold, it'll leak. Just you can't even see the the uh, gasoline. It, there's so little of it, but uh, but you, a little bit of gas makes a big smell. So uh, if you just uh, go tighten all the all the uh, little clamps, it takes a Phillips screwdriver. Tighten all those little clamps, uh, just a half a turn, uh, that'll solve your problem, and you won't smell the gas anymore. Here's a 2008 Ford Explorer. Texter says, I just changed the transfer case fluid and seals. Now when I took it out for a test drive, the four-wheel drive works great, but the speed is showing 100 miles an hour and kicks into governor mode when I'm going about 40. Wow. Something, yeah, something, uh, something's out of whack there. I don't, I don't know if in, in the process a, uh, the speedometer gear got, got broken or changed or, or something Something in the math, though, for the speedometer uh, went wrong, and the computer's getting wrong information. And, of course, it's going to do wrong things with that wrong information, and that's what's going on. So you'll have to uh, have to have that rechecked and, I would and think. see what's going on with the speed speedometer gear. All right. Now, I don't know if this story is true. I have not heard this, <laughs> but it doesn't surprise me. Did you hear the story? And this is a text message. A Minnesota man was charged with stealing a car and calling the owner less than two hours later for help in starting the car. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't heard that. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. It yeah, could be. It could be silly. Yeah. We have no way of documenting this, yeah. of course, right, right now. Uh, the texter says he or she needs to get another car and really can't afford a brand new one. Uh, and you've mentioned this before on occasion. Any tips on buying a used car? Yeah. Go find the one you're looking for. Uh Find you know find the one that meets your needs. There's all sorts of reputable, good, really good aftermarket uh, sales lots uh, that you can find, uh, both at the dealership and and not. Uh, and if you search, uh, you know the websites like uh, Craigslist or CarSoup, uh, find a car that meets your needs, and then be sure that you take it into a professional. And have it inspected, and be sure that it's uh, that it's uh, exactly what you're paying for. And oftentimes, a shop like ours can help you determine if the price is fair or not. Also, so use your shop for for support, and uh, and then just 
search and find what you're looking for. Did you at Lloyd's have any more uh, more than usual uh, people coming in having repairing uh, heating because of heating problems in their vehicles more so this year and, than well yeah that's that I mean that's the seasonal part of our right, business we're right. fi- we're fixing heat today yeah as like you, you yeah know, Tony Tony lived with that van for the or the 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 uh, the car for the past couple of years because it was not cold and it worked that's well right. enough that he didn't notice and then when it got severely below zero. There's no heat, and that doesn't work. So, yes, we had a lot of that, and it, thank God it won't be too long before we're back to uh, <laughs> worrying about air conditioning. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that, so that'll be nice. All right, let's see. Um, where is this texter? Uh, any harm in delaying replacing a thermostat? I have a Ranger, so the cab warms up readily. Well, that's uh, uh, in delaying it. You, you do not need to change a thermostat. Just for maintenance, they they don't recommend just changing them uh, unless you're having a problem. If the engine's running too cold or you're not getting enough heat or whatever, but uh, you know the only trouble that you run into is your the engine. If if the thermostat is not working correctly, is the engine is not at full operating temperature and it's both inefficient and a little bit hard on the engine to have it running cold all the time. Yeah. So I. Uh, if the engine is not warming up properly, you should change your thermostat. It's not good for the car. I'll be doing some mathematics on the uh, Tony's vehicle to see if the uh, uh, gas mileage has improved. Yeah, well, uh, we're coming into spring. Yeah, as our our listener last week told sure. us the, the blends change. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> well, Dan, we have to take a break here and uh, invite you back next week. I'll be here. You bet. All right, good deal. Thank Dan. But how do we get in touch with you guys? Give Lawrence? us a call. We're at 651 228 one three one six. We're on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or uh, come on over, 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Excellent, Dan. Have a good week. Thanks, you too. Stay tuned next for Jack Farrell's Wine Chat. It's one above here on CCO. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.